Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 109. Fredo Esparza here, and this week we're going to recap CMLL's May 31st show, which was the the first big event that they had since announcing that every month they were going to have a big event. Um, Of course, this being Juicio Final, I think everybody had um, low expectations as far as big shows go for this one because it really didn't have anything that was that attractive I would say a week prior to them announcing it or maybe like 10 days prior to them announcing the lineup. But then suddenly they added a seventh match to the show. Um, Actually, the first thing they did was, as I said previously, they removed Virus from a trios match, the opening match. And while this was going on, Virus and Metallico started feuding on a Sunday, on the Sunday shows in some Relevos Increíbles matches. And so CMLL uh, had decided that they were they couldn't have Virus on Juicio Final because they were not sure if he would be retired by that point. So everyone assumed that the show would be happening, that match would be happening on a, on the Sunday prior to the Friday show uh, as the big match for the, the you know, that weekend Sunday, you know, the, that Sunday. Uh, they basically, CML in the past couple of weeks started a new um, airing on a new network in Mexico. And they basically got the Sunday show. I think there's another channel that also gets the Sunday show. You know, a couple of matches from the show. It's pretty much the same. What you get from every single CMLL show, TV show, that's basically what this one is as well. So everyone just assumed that it was going to happen the Friday, the Sunday prior to the Juicio Final show. That lineup was released and Virus versus Metallica wasn't added to it. It was actually added to the Juicio Final show as the third match on the card and it was indeed the loser must retire stipulation added to the match virus had actually asked for it he said he said it during a heat of the moment he didn't expect it to be added by cmll um, he was surprised that it did you know that's one of those things where i think the build-up to the match was well done because they both kind of seemed like they didn't think that this was going to end up being a retirement retirement match uh, it's possible that one of them knew or both of them knew and you know they were just really good at playing the roles of being surprised especially viewers because he he didn't think that CML was going to go through with it in several interviews that he was talking about how he didn't think that was going to happen he was okay with it just being a hair match but they ended up accepting and agreeing to the stipulation 
And it ended up being the third match on the show. And it ended up being a match of the year candidate. Um, I think it might have been one of the, it might be the CML match of the year so far. Honestly, I mean, there's been a few other good CML matches. Carbonaro has been in a few of them. So, uh, but this has to be one, just on emotion, this probably has to be up there. Uh, we'll get to that match a little bit more late, later. Uh, but we should just run down through the entire card. Um, the opening match was Black Panther, Blue Panther Jr. and Reiko Meta beating Disturbio, who replaced Virus in this match. Kawato-san and Mysterioso Jr. This was really kind of like where you kind of see the drop-off in CML's uh, roster with their Rudos. Because Kawato-san, I mean, I'm surprised he was in this. But, you know, it turned out to be a pretty good opener. I mean, probably one of the better openers of the year. There's been better openers in, the, in on previous shows, I think, uh, in my opinion. But this one was a good opener. Uh, I thought Ray Cometa and Disturbio were really good. Disturbio had a Sherbert-looking hairstyle going. He dyed his hair like green, orange, I think red, a bunch of different colors. So it kind of looked like a like a like the like if you were like you got a snow cone and you had it or a rainbow Sherbert. He but he still performed really really well. Um, everybody else did pretty well in this as well. But I think Ray Cometa and Disturbio were the most impressive. Kawato-san probably hit one of the better dives in this. Um, he had a corner. He he did a corner dive, and I thought that was you know first of all he did it well, and he was really he was actually not a problem in this match. So that kind of that kind of told you as soon as you saw that he wasn't going to be an issue that this this match was going to turn out to be pretty good. Same thing with Blue Panther Jr. Um, both those guys can you know can be up and down as far as the performances, but I thought um, they held their own and the match overall was a really good way to open the show. Crowd was crowd kind of seemed a little into it. Uh, more than usual for the opening matches. Um, the Rudos ended up getting DQ'd because Kawato unmasked Black Panther, but I thought this was a this was actually a really good two falls opening match. Uh, the second match was Angel de Oro, Niebla Roja, and Sobrano Jr. beating Mephisto, Efesto, and Luciferno, Los Hijos del Infierno. Uh, the Chavez brothers and Sobrano Jr. have become like the secondary top, the secondary technical trio behind um, whatever form of Sky Team there is, you know, that features either Volador Jr., Valiente, Caristico, or Mystico, and sometimes Dragon Lee, depending on what 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 week it is or who's available. Uh, but this other the Chavez brothers Sobrano Jr. have become like the secondary group. Then the third group would probably be the Guanato style group and anybody who's teaming with Atlantis. Uh, but this was actually I thought this match was good, but not as good as the opener. Um, I thought the technicals were really solid, did really well. Soberano Jr. looked really good in this match. I just think the Hijos del Infierno are a little slower. Um, they're not as... They're, they don't really go outside of their comfort zone, so they kind of just stick to the same stuff that they're going to do every single time. Um, you could pretty much call every spot that they're going to do in a match. And But I thought I thought it was still a good enough match. You know, you're, this is, you know, I think that's one of the things you get with trios matches in CML, that if it's a good match, it's probably something you've already seen. And every once in a while, they'll do something that is a little bit over the top, a little bit above, above replacement level, more, I guess you could say about the, when it comes to like the, the, when it's actually an improvement of a trios match. But I thought this was good. After that, the third match was the retirement match. Loser must retire. Virus beating Metallico in a hell of a match. I think this is definitely a match of the year candidate. Really great old school style match. Kind of, I mean, this was kind of, this was something that you don't really get 
often in Lucha Libre, especially in CML, because CML tends to stick to the same type of um, formula, even for the big matches, you know, the quick first two falls that don't mean anything, and then the big third fall that actually means a lot and ends up making or breaking the match. And um, But this time, I thought the, the entire match itself was really good. I mean, these guys, both these guys brought in, brought a lot of energy, a lot of fire to the match. Metallico, Metallico was looking like he was trying to, you know, keep his career going. Uh, Virus had the early early match. You know, he had the he had the advantage early on, and I think at that point when Virus had the advantage, there was um, there was a part of me that kind of was worried that he was going to be the one that was going to lose. Uh, that's the other thing. I think nobody really knew who was going to lose or why this even came up. I mean, for all we knew, maybe Virus. You know, and both the guys are like young guys. They're they're forty year old. They're in their forties, and so they're kind of guys that are you know at that point in their careers. A lot of guys who maybe aren't big stars kind of start thinking about, you know, going into something else as far as a career career goes, or you know maybe they just don't. They're just kind of tired of the bumps and bruises of of wrestling, and they get you know they do more behind the scenes stuff. So there was actually that, especially because Virus is a trainer, and you know Metallica's talked about his son and how he's been training him and a couple of other guys. So you kind of know a little bit about that, and then there was also that. Um, there was a, a belief among some fans that maybe Metallico might be moving on and becoming a re- referee. Um, so there was a lot of possibilities, a lot of stuff that was being talked about throughout the week. But I thought this match was really good. Um, they threw some really good punches in the match throughout. Uh, just a lot of like, just a really fun match. You know, Virus busted out all his submission holds. Metallico went back to his T-Grim a lot. Metallico days and did a couple of dives. One of the topes he did, he actually landed short in the in, in the tope and actually you could hear his like shoulder landing on the on the floor, on the outside floor. So it looked painful. So that kind of led to that kind of added to the intrigue to the to the finish. Uh because he was really like selling that a lot. And then, you know, the closing minutes were fantastic with you know, first of all, a lot of this, you know, there were there it only it went about twenty minutes and um there were some people who were kind of expecting this to be even shorter. Uh, if it lasted 10 minutes, we would have been shocked. It ended up going 20 minutes, and it was well worth the 20 minutes. It was really an excellent match. You know, the, the they, had a mo- they, had a, they had a segment where both the guys were just really, like, winded and breaking, you know, kind of tired, and they were selling that as part of the match. And, you know, you'd get a couple of near falls. Um, and then you ended up, like, the final couple of minutes, you end up getting... Um, you end up getting... Um, Virus, Virus, um, just going for every possible move he could come up with to end Metallico. I think there were a few times where he, he couldn't get the pin, and you kind of thought maybe it's possible Metallico would 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 end up winning, and it ended up not happening. Virus ended up winning with La Motocicleta. Uh, really good match. I highly recommend people watch this match. I mean, if you don't want to watch the rest of the show, you just watch this match. Excellent. At the end of it. The crowd actually during the match also the crowd was really into the match. Um, very early on they were rooting for Virus. Um, then mid match they started you started hearing a few people chanting for Metallico, but it was mostly a pro Virus crowd. Um, probably the loudest I've heard an Arena Mexico crowd cheer for someone other than Nero Casas. I think Virus is the only one that they've actually cheered la- that loudly for besides Nero Casas. And you know I thought that added to the match. It made it so much better. Um, yeah, the other thing that um, Virus the last couple of weeks he's been coming out to um, here comes the hot stepper, 
And, you know, honestly, when you switch to the, uh, that type of music, you know you can't retire from, from wrestling if you're, you're just adding that. I just thought it was a phenomenal match. The post-match, uh, money was thrown in. Uh, both guys were very thankful to the fans. Um, you had Virus kind of congratulating Metallica for his career. Metallica was very emotional, crying. Uh, post-match interviews, Metallica cried in his interviews. Virus was talking about how he kind of felt bad that he had ended somebody's career. And he said afterwards that he never wanted to have another retirement match again. Um, I made the comment that I thought maybe he should do more because there's a lot of CML guys that could we could use that, that, that could use some retiring in, in the near future. Uh, far more than Metallica. I thought Metallica did had a great performance. You know, I think he redeemed, redeemed himself also because he had, um, when he lost his mask to Oro Jr., it was a really horrible match. And so I kind of thought that having this type of match, this type of performance versus Virus, if this is the way you're going to go, I think it's it's the best way to go. Uh, people are going to remember you more because of that um, and not so much about the loss to Oro Jr. Uh, Metallico, I think, you know, the one thing that got out, came out of the whole mask loss was that he, he um, everybody realized that he looked like Pedro Infante and it gave him a new character. And he really, so, he really played that off. Um, you know, he did the whole dance, the karaoke stuff, um, you know, everything he could do with uh, the whole Pedro Infante stuff. You know, the other thing he did was he was really good on interviews. Um, I think he had a ton of charisma. I mean, he's probably one of the guys that I would have least wanted to retire. If you were going to ask me to like build the CML, rebuild the CML roster, I don't think Metallica would be on high, like on top of the list. He's, I think he's had those moments where in trios matches, he's looked very ordinary just because he's in matches teaming up with like Cancer Barrow, Raciel, um, Espanto Jr., Signo. You know, they're just wrestling the same guys over and over again. So you kind of get this match that isn't that fun. But he was always very entertaining as far as a character. And I think CML kind of never did more with him beyond that. But there are so many guys, you know, he's not high on the list of guys that CML hasn't done anything with. But he's in that group. And so I thought this was a very good way for him to go out. Uh, I wish he could. I wish, you know, you kind of wish he could continue on as a wrestler. But. You know, I think this is really the right thing to do, especially I think he's already at that age where maybe if he doesn't retire, we're just going to be talking about how he's we're going to start getting bored with him. Or, you know, I know that there were a lot of people who had said they had never seen Metallico be prior to this match. And so, you know, for those fans, I think they kind of under, they kind of were um, hoping they could see more. Um, unfortunately, for those of us who have watched a lot of Metallico matches, we kind of realized that, you know, maybe this this was the best for him. As far as his career goes, um, there's so many guys in wrestling that stick around for too long and, you know, they kind of wear out their welcome as far as being popular with the fans or, or being liked. And so I thought I thought this was the best way for him to go. For him to go. Uh, Virus, I think, I mean, this actually, I think there was like maybe a couple months ago where people were wondering if Virus was even still like good on the good side of things just because he really never had any type of matches. And when he would have a match, he would kind of like... He would kind of mail him in sometimes. He was getting to that point just because, you know, you do so many of the, the same matches over and over again that you kind of just start, you know, your, your performances start to like go, you know, start to slip. And I think this kind of proved that he still has something in him and he's still an excellent wrestler. Um, I, I wish they would have, they would do more with him in CMLL. But then again, there's like about 30 or 40 guys that I always say that about every single week when it comes to CMLL. 
Um, one of them was actually on the commentary team for the for the Televisa show, um, that being Echicero. So, you know, that I thought this was, like I said, this was a great match. Um, I'm, my one biggest disappointment in this whole thing of, about Metallica retiring is that I looked up right after this match. I looked up on the Lucha database and I found that Metallica and Fuego never had a match against each other as far in, in a singles match. They never had a singles match. And I always wondered what if Metallica and Fuego had a singles match, had a dance off, and it never happened. Um, very unfortunate. That's probably the biggest unfortunate thing out of this whole uh, Metallica retirement retirement um, situation. Uh, but like I said, I thought it was a fantastic match. Match of the year candidate. Right after the match, they actually had a dance um, dance segment for the Dios of the Ring. And I think that might have helped. Because I think if they would have started the women's match immediately after the the retirement match, it might have not had the same reaction. Because the crowd was really, like I said, really into the, the retirement match. And I think that having that break in between the matches really helped the women's match because I think they, the crowd was far more into it. Um, they were cheering more for Amapola because they were pro Mexico, and I think later on they started. They started a few people started more cheering Kaho Kobayashi, but they were more rooting for Amapola. But Amapola beat Kaho Kobayashi in a hair match. I thought it was a good match. Uh, Amapola still showed that she still has something in her as far as being a performer. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see that often because she's in a lot. CML does so many trios matches, and unfortunately, like I said on on Lucha Talk and on, and I've said in other pl- on other shows when I've talked about women's wrestling, they basically work the same formula as far as the trios, tag, singles matches for women. It's almost the same thing except for the stipulation matches. The stipulation matches, they add a little more extra to it. And I thought that's what helped this match. Um, Kaho Kobayashi, um, she went back to Japan, I think, that weekend or the few days after the, the show. So I was very disappointed to find that out because she is by far and away the best female wrestler in, in CMLL at this point. And not having her there is going to be a very, um, you know, well, you know, Worst case, you just don't watch the women's matches. But, you know, I actually think she was doing... She did a really phenomenal job in this match. Um, she's a lot smaller than Amapola, so I think that also helped. As far as um, Amapola being more of a base for her. Uh, and <laughs> although the one time Kaho Kobayashi had to be the base for Amapola, Amapola hit a tope con hiro to the outside through the middle rope. And she nearly killed... Um, she pancaked poor Kaho Kobayashi. Just nearly just... I mean, Kaho's, I mean, she must have been very, she, she, she was able to survive that and continued on. I thought this was a really good match. Amapola pulled it off. I think this was one of those hair matches where you don't know what the result was going to be just because, and I think that added to the match, just because both women, I thought, were possible, had the possibility of losing their hair. It's normally, normally, when you see a, a, a woman's hair match, you kind of know which one is going to be a little more willing to do it. You know, like when Estrellita wrestled Amapola, you pretty much knew Estrellita was going to do, do the hair. She wasn't going to drop her hair. And um, there's been others. I think there's a few um, times where there's a surprise, like the time Diana La Casadora dropped her hair. I think that one was a really big surprise just because she actually had a TV job in Monterey when she dropped her hair. And um, that added a, even more of a surprise element to that. 
um, to that finish. But this one, I think both the women, I mean, Kaho's a big a big fan of um, Lucha, and she she understood that this was something that you do when you go to Mexico, um, especially like if you're gonna if you're gonna go there and then go leave for a while. And so I thought I thought kudos to Kaho for actually getting her entire head shaved in the ring, um, unlike some wrestlers who just get a partial haircut and then like they get some of them get the rest of their hair shaved backstage, while others just totally don't get their heads shaved. They just get a hair, short haircut. I'm talking about Fabio Pachi, of course, but um, but you know, Kaho, she she shaved her head. Uh, one of the worst things about this was um, when they did post match interviews, they didn't have Okumura available to um to translate for her, for Kaho. So um, basically, she did the interviews in Japanese, and maybe she answered a little bit in English, but um, she wasn't really up for speaking in Spanish. So, um, and then they had Kawado san. I guess Kawado san translated for her in English, but. They did not speak in Spanish, so that kind of you didn't really know what she was saying or anything. Um, Amapola did put her over big time afterwards, and um, she said she was one of the better wrestlers she's wrestled in her career. Um, so I thought that was a, like I said that that was a good match. I think the first half of this show, if you go from match one through four, was really strong, and I think that's that's when we kind of all figured out that maybe like the rest of the show wasn't going to be that great. But um, I think that just having those four, first four matches was enough to like make this a, a thumbs up for me just because I thought it was a really good good show from that at that point. Unfortunately, it started to dip at the, after that. The fifth match was um, Euphoria and Grand Guerrero beating Diamante Azul and Valiente to win the CML World Tag Team titles. I think the positive in this match was that we have new tag team champions and it's Euphoria and Grand Guerrero who are far better workers and I think this gives you the option of having better tag teams compete and challenge for those belts like the Chavez brothers like Dragon Lee and um, Mystico maybe some other tag team I think it would be kind of cool if they actually did the Dynastias um, the winner of the Dynastias tournament if it's not either Euphoria or Grand Girl earning a shot to those tag team titles I think that would be kind of cool um, they're also feuding with the Dinamitas so there's a lot more possible tag teams to challenge for that belt those belts and also it gets the belt off of Diamantes, who's a horrible, horrible wrestler. Um, horrible person, too, just from the past experiences. He, from watching him do some dumb things in the ring. He uh, he showed up in this mat, this, to this match and he, was, he looked like he was pouting. Um, there were points where he kind of didn't really want to do certain things. And, you know, the, really the highlight of this match was really um, when the Guerreros tossed... Valiente into Diamante Azul for the win, um, but they kind of like lawn darted him into Diamante Azul, and they, that 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 spot looks really really dangerous. But I think a lot of people just took delight on it being Diamante Azul who was going to be the one taking the brunt of that. The Guerreros tried, and Valiente tried, but it wasn't. I just thought the the tag match was just more of a let's get the belts to these new guys to the to the let's let's get the belts off of these guys and give them to these guys and move on and that's kind of what this match felt like i thought it was just an a, a, an average match nothing more to it um the sixth match was caristico mystico volador jr beating la peste negra barbara carvernario mr niebla and nero casas i thought this was a good match but like i said with the the second match in this on this show i just thought it was pretty much your typical good um, CML trios match featuring these type of team, these teams, um, something you see almost every Friday. Um, nothing, you know, nothing really different. Uh, I thought, 
I thought Carvernario looked solid in this. There wasn't any more buildup to Carvernario Mystico. It kind of seemed like it's become a, a forgotten thing. I thought, I thought, like I said, I just, I, Mr. Niebla showed up and he actually did some stuff. He didn't like, he wasn't clowning around and he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he actually was in his best behavior for this match. But, and then you also got the Kemonito um, Zacharias spot in the match. So, you know, they basically just gave you a, that fun match to, um, to get the crowd in and, you know, keep the crowd interested. Um, and something that you just enjoy as far as the semi, semi main event goes. The main event, the seventh match. Ultima Guerrero beat Mascara Año 2000 in a hair match. And this match was kept very short. I think it lasted about 10 minutes. And even when it lasted 10 minutes, um, basically they had on two seconds. They each had their second. Ultima Guerrero brought in his brother, Grand Guerrero. And Mascara Año 2000, he had Disturbio as his second, which was really weird because there's a lot of Dinamitas available to be his second. So that was kind of like something that we kind of were hinting to the possibility that there was going to be something going on, some shenanigans were going to go on. And um, sure enough, during the match, Dinas, I think Disturbio did more of the work than Mascarino dos Mil. He was taking more bumps and, and getting involved more in the match, um, trying to help him beat um, Ultimo Guerrero. Closing minutes of the, um, of the match. And, you know, typical of these match, very short first two falls. Um, and of course, the third fall was also pretty short. Um, but what they did was they basically had the Dinamitas. Um, this time it was five of them. Sanson, Cuatrero, Forastero, Universo 2000 Jr. and Mascaraño 2000 Jr. All ran out to try to help their uncle. Um, and what ended up happening? Security rushed in to stop them. And while this was going on, um, Ultimo Guerrero cradled Mascaraño. He actually, Mascaraño 2000 tried to foul um, Ultimo Girl, but Ultimo Girl blocked the foul attempt and ended up cradling Mascarino dos Mil to get the win. Um, just an okay match. I, I didn't I didn't think it was horrible. I just thought it was okay. There's only so much you could do with Mascarino dos Mil at this point. I mean, he's. I think the last time he probably should have been in a CML main event was probably like 2000 or 1999, honestly. But you know, it's 20 years later and he's still in main events. Mind boggling. I think it kind of tells you what CML has no problem headlining a show with anyone. I think it, I think they've proven it with Bestia the Ring, Mascara Año 2000, and Diamante Azul. Um, at the same time, it also shows how little regard they have to like building up. I mean, imagine if CML headlined with better workers; um, it'd be a lot more amazing. But you know, like I said, they're, they're they're very traditional, very old school. I don't think they're going to change at any point. I know a lot of people were asking me why. They didn't main event with Virus and Metallico. And I, my my first, my I didn't respond or anything, but my first reaction was like, you guys realize these guys are mid-card guys and never were pushed as main eventers. That was the first, my first thought. My second thought was this feud actually started maybe like two, three weeks prior to, you know, to the show being announced. So um, there was really no buildup to it. Uh, came out of nowhere. Nobody expected the, reti- uh, the retirement stipulation to be added. I think at one point that was that was a match that was planned to be on a Sunday show, had it been a hair match, uh, but when they went to, with the retirement, they just felt they had to move it on, move it on to the the to the, the juicio final show. But I thought the show overall was pretty good. Um, the last three matches, you know, they weren't like if you don't want to watch them, you don't have to. I mean, honestly, the the, the especially the, the 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 tag match, the tag title match, and the main event. 
those were really easily the worst match matches on the card. Um, I thought five out of the seven matches were good. Um, I would say the Virus Metallico match was a match of the year candidate. I think Amapola Cajo were was one of the better women's matches of the year. But yeah, Virus versus Metallico, definitely watch that. Um, what else happened during the... Well, actually, the post-match for the main event, Ultimo Guerrero talked about how... He talked about how, you know, he kind of suspected something was going to happen in the match with the Dinamitas getting involved. And then Mascarino Los Mil talked about how he had this plan. It was a tier, two-tiered plan. Um, the first plan was that he was going to have Disturbia as a second. And the second plan was that his, his nephews were going to run in and make the save for him. And... He did not expect this to happen. He didn't. He he was surprised to see the that that this did not end up working to his favor. And you know, I think a lot of people were a little surprised by that. As far as um, so many security guards getting involved, but you know, I'm not that. I'm not surprised he didn't he didn't win just because he was wrestling Ultimo Guerrero. So you kind of expected that to happen anyways. Yeah, you know, I thought this was. I thought I. I I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to continue doing the the monthly, um, big shows. I think they will. I think the for June they're probably going to have the finals of the Copa Dinastia, and then they'll probably add something else. Soberano Junior challenged Negro Casas to a hair match, um, to a master versus hair match. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I would be shocked. Um, they did do the title match on a Sunday show, but I just can't see the. I just can't see that match happening in um, as as a big. I just think that would actually be a little bit bigger than that. I don't really see it being a, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it is, but um, I would think they're gonna probably gonna focus on Copa Dinastia and maybe like do. They have so many titles. I think they could probably do a title match on there, with another one of the titles. I think there's, I think there's a possibility of a Dinamitas versus um, Guerreros match on that show. There's right there. You have three possible matches. Um, but like I said, I don't really know it. I'm very, I'm, I think that's very questionable that CML can pull that, that off. They could pull it off, but like I said, they don't really put in the time to like really plan this stuff out. And then there's so many things that are going on that, you know, they, they could do so much more and, you know, they, you never, you never know with CML. I mean, they could really do something huge or they could do something that, you know, you're just, you know, this is a promotion that could actually like plan out or like tease an LA Park Rouge match and end up with a Diamante Azul versus Bestia of the Ring match. You know what I mean? That's that's what you end up sometimes with CML. But, you know, I think you just have to enjoy the stuff that's actually pretty good. And this time, Juicio Final, I thought was pretty good. What else is going on with CML and AAA? Well, AAA, I think the next podcast will be Verano Escandalo, um, a, a, a recap of that. I was actually going to hold off on doing this uh, this podcast until like the following after Verano Escandalo. But then I realized Verano Scandalo is actually not happening this weekend. It's actually happened on the 16th. So I decided to do the Juicio Final. Then we'll do something else for for Verano Scandalo. So I think that's about it for this week. Check us out on LuchaWorld.com. Get all the updates there. The website crashed, I think, a couple of days ago. I don't think it'll crash for another couple of weeks. It'll probably crash again at some point, but you know it'll. It's not an issue. Um, if you want to check out the other past um, past podcast episodes, you could go to um, luchaworld.podbean.com. Um, you have the entire archive of the the podcast, also a, a couple of the Slam and Stand podcasts, 
Um, I'm still probably going to post a, put up uh, all the slam and stand on there because uh, we did a lot of good stuff with um like we had Judo Jean LaBelle on as a guest and uh, we did do we did talk about lucha on those shows in the past uh, but check those check the check the luchaworld.podbean.com website also you could you could download the app and you could get the shows on there I don't know what's going on with iTunes as far as whether or not that's even going to be an option at some point. I think they, it, I think they said they're just splitting it up to just being podcasts, music, and then TV, just splitting it up into three apps. So I don't think there's going to be a, an issue with that. But um, you know, there's so many ways you could find it. I found out I'm on the, the podcast is on iHeartRadio too. Didn't know about that. I knew I was on Stitcher and Downcast and all those other things. Um, so you could find all the podcasts everywhere. Also, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash luchaworld. I'm going to start cutting down on a few things as far as um, other stuff I do as far as wrestling goes to focus more on lucha, on lucha world and my other re- website, Retro Wrestling. And so that also includes the Patreon uh, page. I'm going to start doing a little more with that. So expect that to be something to be updated a little more frequently as the as, in the coming weeks. So... Um, check that out and i think that's about it for this week um want to thank everyone for listening and we will talk to you guys again next time